It's the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, and we are live. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon. And on this edition, we're going to be discussing realistically how much money Arsenal can bring in from player sales this summer. Now, the reason I say realistically is because I've been reading loads of things on the internet. I've been reading loads of people's tweets, loads of people's kind of opinions that they've been posting in various forums and stuff. And I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like so many out there are just being completely unrealistic about what we can get for some of the players that we currently have, for some of the players that we're looking to move on. So I wanted to do a show where we kind of run through the players that we think Arsenal are looking to shift this summer. And then we try and we work out how much is a realistic amount. What's an amount we'd be happy with? Um, and then we can try and work out how much that would raise for Arsenal and potentially try to get a better understanding of what our summer transfer window may look like. Because as I say, I do think a lot of people are being incredibly unrealistic in their valuations of some of Arsenal's players. Now, that's, you know, that that's just my view on it. But I wanted to to share that view rather than just kind of say, I think you're being completely unrealistic. I wanted to share my view with you guys so that we can kind of make some sort of comparison and maybe we will meet in the middle. And, and of course, at the end of the transfer window, we'll be able to look back and see uh, sort of how close we were to that prediction. But I do think that with so many people, their valuations of some of the players that Arsenal are looking to move out this summer are just completely and utterly unrealistic. So let's get into it uh, without further ado. Let's say a big, a few hellos first, actually, because there's lots of you in the live chat. Big hello to Jeff, who joins us uh, from Korea, says it's midnight there. Hope you're well, Jeff. Uh, big hello to Kim, who's joining us from Norway. Uh, of course, hello, as always, to Matt, to Omar, uh, to Lijo, uh, to Darren, who's living in Canada. I uh, hope you guys are all well. And of course, to Jack Burgess as well. Um Omar says, I need a trim. Do you know what? I don't even need a trim, but I've been kind of, uh, I haven't put nothing in my hair today. That's why it's hanging all over the place. And uh, yeah, it's a, there's a lot of hair. So it don't, you know, if you don't put gel in it, it moves. And, and that's what's happened today. <laughs> uh, right. But let's get into it then. Let's uh, share the screen with you guys. So going to try and calculate what I think some of these players uh, might be worth. I'm going to throw Joe Willock into the mix here, even though, um, Mikel Arteta has said that he wants to keep him, uh, but we'll we'll chuck him in as well. So we can try and work out what Arsenal could potentially raise this summer from transfers. And feel free to chuck your uh, suggestions in the live chat box as well. What do you think these players are worth? Let me know as I go through them. Put the name of the player as well at the beginning of your comment so it's easier for me to pick them out and understand exactly who it is that you're talking about. So Matteo Genduzzi. Let's start with Matteo Genduzzi because he was the subject of the live stream we did earlier on today. 
interactive podcast this one. So chuck your figures in for Matteo Genduzzi now. But from what we are led to believe, Marseille are willing to pay between 12 and 15 million euros for Matteo Genduzzi, which I'd imagine is a lot lower than what most people um, would have uh, would have valued him at, would have put his price at. Um, you know, would would have felt that Arsenal could get this summer. But I can see already in the chat box, look, having a look at it now, uh, Omar says 20 million. Uh, Marble Halls TV says 20 million. Um, Xhaka says 20 million. Uh, sorry, Marble Halls TV was talking about Xhaka there. I got confused in the comment. But let's stick with the Gwendouzi ones for now. Uh, Brad Richardson says break even, six to eight million. Uh, Josh Hunter says Gwendouzi, 20 million uh, minimum. I mean, I don't think we're going to get £20 million for him. Shane says 7 to £10 million is about what we can realistically get. So lots of you are kind of, in my opinion, overestimating what Arsenal can bring in uh, for Matteo Genduzzi. And I'll explain why. First of all, you're talking about a player who, when he first arrived at the club, was a complete unknown, right? Matteo Genduzzi was brought into Arsenal None of us had heard of him, if we're being completely honest. And Arsenal paid around about seven to eight million pounds to get that deal over the line. He came in. He started brilliantly. Um, you know, he looked like he was at home in the Premier League. It looked like he had been able to adapt to the physicality, to the demands that the Premier League has that maybe some of the other leagues don't incredibly quickly. And his stock was incredibly high at that point. However, since Mikel Arteta's arrival, Matteo Genduzzi has been cast aside. Matteo Genduzzi has been sent out on loan um, to, to her to Berlin. He spent the season there. He didn't play particularly well. Um, he did okay in spells, but he wasn't uh, groundbreaking. He didn't pull up any trees, as people like to say. And and then, you know, off the back of that, her to Berlin have decided that they can't afford him. They don't want him. They don't really want to pay uh, what it is that they think Arsenal would demand. And they've decided that they're not going to take up um, or, or explore even the possibility of signing him on a permanent deal. You've also got to take on into account with Matteo Genduzzi his contract situation. He will enter into the final year of his Arsenal contract. Therefore, everybody and their dogs out there know that we are desperate to move Matteo Genduzzi on because otherwise we face the prospect of allowing him to leave the club on a free transfer. Nobody wants that. Arsenal have made assurances that they're not going to do that again or they're going to try and avoid that situation in the future. But Arsenal are not willing to, of course, offer Matteo Genduzzi a new contract. So you're in a position now where you've got a player whose stock has declined dramatically in the last 18 months, who's entering the last year of his contract. How the hell are we going to get £20 million for Matteo Genduzzi? I would be shocked. I would be incredibly surprised if Arsenal were able to get uh, £20 million for Matteo Genduzzi. And I think a more realistic uh, price that Arsenal could be looking to pick up is between 10 and £12 million. Not euros, pounds. I think Arsenal should be looking for that. If Arsenal can get that, they'd have made a small profit on Matteo Genduzzi, moved out a bad apple, a bad egg, and that's what you can realistically be looking to get for the player. Has he got potential to go on and be a very good midfielder? Yes, he does. He has got potential, but potential means nothing unless it is fulfilled. And in Matteo Genduzzi's case, up until now, he has failed to deliver. 
he has failed to live up to that potential because his head's not right. And a lot of people will look in from the outside and know the reasons and understand the reasons or could guess the reasons why Mikel Arteta has moved him on. Um, the the uh, the Hertha Berlin coach made a comment last season that I keep referring to, uh, suggesting that Matteo Genduzzi is incredibly immature as well. So it's not a view held solely by Mikel Arteta. Therefore, that also has an impact and damages the price tag or the fee that Arsenal can demand for Matteo Genduzzi. So some of you are saying £20 million in there. I, I promise you Arsenal are not going to get £20 million in for Matteo Genduzzi. And if they're going to hold out for £20 million, then I promise you he's going to stay at the club and leave on a free transfer next season because nobody in their right minds right now would pay that for him. The, the market is so different at the moment. The pandemic has really impacted clubs, in particular those clubs on the continent who don't bring in so much TV revenue, who have lost their main revenue streams, etc., etc. You cannot expect them to come and play, pay top dollar. It's not going to happen. So that's my my price tag on uh, on Matteo Genduzzi. Now, with Granite Xhaka, I'd say the same thing with regards to the foreign market, with regards to the fact that the clubs that we would want to sell Granite Xhaka to or the clubs that Granite Xhaka may want to join himself, they're not going to be capable of paying what I believe Granite Xhaka is worth. So if we are going to make a decision to sell Granite Xhaka, then in my opinion, you've got to be looking for anything between 20 and 25 million pounds. I think that this is one of those ones where you only sell him if the right offer comes across the table. This is not one I'm desperate to do. It's not a deal that I feel we have to absolutely categorically make sure happens over the summer. But if somebody offered in that region 20 to 25 million and the player wants to go, then I think you kind of have to um you kind of have to consider it. So 20 to 25 million is what I, I think is realistic uh, to demand for Granite Xhaka. Lucas Torreira is another interesting one because Lucas Torreira, of course, um, has made it incredibly clear that he doesn't really want to return to Arsenal Football Club. He knows he'll have to and he knows that he'll be doing it reluctantly. But Lucas Torreira, at 25 years old, he still has uh, until 2023 to run on his contract. So another couple of seasons. But in the case of Lucas Torreira, where again, we've loaned him out, we've showed that we don't really want him. We've loaned him out to Atletico Madrid. He's played a bit part at Atletico Madrid. Yes, you could argue the fact that they won the championship with him in the team or in the squad at least adds to that value and adds to what we could probably demand for Lucas Torreira. But it isn't going to be upwards of £10 million, in my opinion. £10 million is probably around about the, the level uh, or the offers that you're going to get in for Lucas Torreira because everybody knows, just like with Matteo Genduzzi, like everybody knows he's got no future at Arsenal, like everybody knows his contract situation is what it is. Everybody knows that Lucas Torreira does not want to remain in London, does not want to stay at Arsenal. So if you think people are going to come in and break the bank for him, when they know that you want to get rid of him, he wants to get rid of you, then it's delusional. And And honestly, I... I am amazed by some of the, the valuations I'm seeing. And Brad Richardson makes a good point in the chat box where he says he's still highly rated in Italy. He is, but the clubs in Italy are absolutely skin. And that's the reality of it. You know, lots of them uh, will be looking at Lucas Torreira, looking at his situation, look, thinking back to how well he did 
during his time with Sampdoria, but they can't afford to pay it. And um, and that's where we are. Um, let's move on to Hector Bellerin, another player being heavily linked with a move away. And I said uh, last summer that I'd have wanted 20 to 25 million pounds for him. Well, Hector Bellerin hasn't exactly enjoyed a very good season and has been almost frozen out at the back end of this uh, this campaign that's just finished. So Hector Bellerin's price tag takes a battering for that, in my opinion. Um, I think with Hector Bellerin as well, what you also need to consider is that is whether PSG are in the market. If PSG are interested, as they were last summer, in Hector Bellerin, then you can expect to get a bit more money because, of course, PSG are a club who have no issue in overpaying for players. They have the financial muscle to do that. However, you're looking at it now and you're looking at PSG and and you're looking at all the reports and the rumours linking them with a move for Inter's Ashraf Hakimi, who I think would be a more appealing prospect for somebody like Paris Saint-Germain. Now, when you look at the two seasons they've had in contrast, Hector Bellerin has been average, has not played every single week for Arsenal. And then you look at Ashraf Hakimi, a Serie A winner, in a very, very good Inter Milan side. I think that PSG, given the financial power they do have, will probably prefer to sign Ashraf Hakimi, in which case, take Paris Saint-Germain out of the market and all of a sudden what you can expect for Hector Bellerin is incredibly low. And people talk about him going for 20, 25 million pounds. And I'd have liked that last summer, but that's not going to be the case now. We've had another season with COVID taking its toll. We've had another season where Hector Bellerin has failed to impress and there's a year less on his contract. So all of those things have to be taken into account. And so for me, if we got £10 million for Hector Bellerin, I think that would be realistic because the only offers that have come in for Hector Bellerin so far are a loan offer from Real Betis. A loan offer. A loan offer. That's it. That's all we've had. Vector Bellerin, that's all that's been rumoured and that's probably all we're going to get. So, you know, if somebody comes in and gives you 10 million, that that feels like the maximum for me at this moment in time. I know a lot of you are saying in the chat box that my valuations are crazy um, in this current market. These are my personal valuations, right? Feel free to disagree with them. Feel free to put your uh, ones in the chat and I am looking at them, I promise, and I'll pick some of them out uh, during the show, of course. But this is how I see the market at the moment. And I'm taking into account the way that clubs outside of the UK, who, let's be realistic, most of these players are going to end up at, have been affected uh, by the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. Let's say a big hello to Inny for your uh, very kind super chat, mate. Thank you so much. It's much appreciated. Uh, And he says, he makes a great point. He says, this is a buyer's market. Market factors have really changed. Clubs will start bullish, but if the buying club doesn't budge, Positions will change. This is what happened to Arsenal last summer. If you remember last summer, we all sat here at the start of the transfer window and we all listed off uh, a number of names of players that we wanted to see go. Players that we thought Arsenal could sell. Players that we thought Arsenal should be looking to move on. And we tried to work out again how much money we were going to raise. And we were completely and utterly wrong. We were wide of the mark, all of us, including myself, because we all thought that these players attracted interest. If you take it on another year and these players have still not pulled up any trees and these players have still not um, done anything of of note, then why would those valuations still remain? Why would clubs willingly pay 
over the odds or come in with bids that are just well above actually what you want uh, or what, what they feel they should pay, sorry. It's all, you know, I, I just don't get it. You look at Alexander Lacazette, another player uh, who has been linked with a move away this summer. And what can you command for Alexander Lacazette? Well, he's a striker, so you can command that a little bit more. But like some of these other players on this list, Alexander Lacazette will be entering the final year of his contract. He's approaching 30 years old and that plays a part. It plays a significant part. So for me, if Arsenal could get £20 million for Alexander Lacazette, that would be pretty good going, given the circumstances. But, you know, I'll come to the caveat at the end. I'll save it, actually, for the end of the show um, when we work out what we think we, we might bring in. Eddie Nketiah is another one that people, for some reason, have delusional thoughts on when it comes to what Arsenal could get from him. I mean... I've, I've heard people saying 20, 25 million. I've heard people saying that because Sheffield United paid for Rian Brewster 25 million pounds or whatever they did, that it means we can get similar for Eddie Nketiah. No, Sheffield United were fucking stupid. Sheffield United were idiots to do that. Sheffield United ended, right, the season without being able to score goals because they blew their entire transfer budget at the start of that campaign on a dud of a striker, a striker who had yet to prove that he was good enough at Premier League level. It failed miserably. Doesn't mean that another club are going to de definitely come along and be as stupid, as silly as Sheffield United to pick up a player in Eddie Nketiah who's hardly kicked a football since the beginning of the season. So for me, you know, again, you know, I maybe some of you will feel I'm undervaluing him. That if we could get anything between seven to ten million pounds, and that's just because he's young and just because he's English, uh, then then that's realistic for Eddie and Ketia, in my opinion. Uh, let's uh, let's just see what you guys are saying with regards to Eddie and Ketia in the chat. And a big hello to uh, King of Prussia. He says, "Big up, my brother Harry. Much love from Pennsylvania." He says, "Harry, you okay? You sound sick. I've had a cold for a week." I just can't get rid of it. I, I'm, I feel better, but yeah, my throat's still a bit funny and my, I still sound a little bit bunged up. But thank you for asking me. Uh, really, really appreciate it. Apologies. I'm not on my normal tone of voice at the minute. Uh, but let's see what you guys are saying on Eddie and Ketia. Rahil says 15 million. Uh, Shivanan says 10 million. Omar says 15. Um, what else have we got? Uh, Marble Horse TV says Eddie for 10 million. Foluso says 10 million as well. Zane says he's an average player. Alan says 5 million max. And I wouldn't be surprised if that was that was right, Alan. Um, Ebby says 12 million. Uh, so that's uh, that's some of you guys' thoughts on um, on uh, the players uh, that I'm talking about. And on Eddie Nketiah this time in particular. Uh, let's continue through the list then. Reese Nelson. Again, another one that people seem to think we can command a lot of money for. Reese Nelson has hardly played. Who is going to come in their right mind and break the bank for Reese Nelson? There's rumours today coming out of Greece that Olympiagos uh, are interested in taking him on loan. But that's the type of offer you're going to get. You are going to see so many loan deals over the course of this uh, summer transfer window because it's that type of market. Loan deals with options to buy, loan deals with obligations to buy where clubs will be giving themselves essentially another 12 months or so to be able to raise the funds that they need to actually do these deals when they can get fans back in, hopefully, when they can get another round of TV revenue. I don't think we're going to be able to shift Reese Nelson, but for the sake of the thing, I'm going to put £3 million. 
Ainsley Maitland-Niles, another one that I've heard people banding about ridiculous prices for. Ainsley Maitland-Niles, in my opinion, damaged his valuation uh, by moving on to West Brom and playing in that dreadful side and, and obviously insisting on playing in the centre of midfield. One of the appeals of Ainsley Maitland-Niles, I'd, imagine, I'd imagine for managers of other clubs who look at him, would be his versatility, would be that he can play on either side as a full-back, wing-back, maybe as a centre midfielder too. And that would be sort of the main selling point for Ainsley Maitland-Niles. But if you've got a player insisting that he doesn't want to be that, that he wants to be a centre midfielder, and then he goes out on loan and fails to impress in centre midfield, then again, who is going to come and break the bank for him? If we were to get up to £10 million for Ainsley Maitland-Niles, I'd be delighted. And that is, again, because you've got to take into consideration that he Wolves made an offer of £15 million at the time where his stock was high. He'd just been part of that team that won the FA Cup. Arsenal didn't accept the bid. They felt it should have been a little bit more. But if you take into consideration where he was then and the offer that came in in comparison to where he is now, then it's impossible uh, to feel like he's going to bring in much more money than that. Unless, again, you know, people are kind of banking on that English premium that many England players seem to have. I just, I don't see it. I really don't. 10 million is my my valuation of what we might get for Willock, uh, for Maitland-Niles, sorry, this season. And then moving on to Joe Willock, who's the opposite, who went out on loan and has raised this stock significantly. I think if you could, you might be able to get 20 million pounds out of Newcastle United. I genuinely do. I've spoken to a lot of Newcastle fans. Um, I've spoken to... Um, you know, people who also work in the industry that are, um, you know, Newcastle supporters, Newcastle people who cover Newcastle United, and they've been absolutely delighted with what they saw from Joe Willock. So a lot of them, um, you know, feel like oh, Newcastle might make a bid. And £20 million, you know, seems, seems for me reasonable for Joe Willock because, look, he's had a good little period at the back end of the season, but you know, is there any guarantee that at a higher level he he will succeed? I'm not sure. I think stylistically he doesn't really suit Arsenal Football Club. He doesn't suit Mikel Arteta's way of playing. And that's why you've seen Willock improve under Steve Bruce. Not because Steve Bruce is a top, top manager, not because he's got great players around him, but because the style just suits him that little bit more. Uh, so that's what um, that's what I'm uh, I'm going with. Um those are my valuations. So let me total that up. What does that come to? Let's have a look. Let's start um, with the best case scenario. So let's put the 12 million in for Matteo Genduzzi. Let's put 25 million in uh, for Granite Xhaka. Let's put 10 million in for Torreira. 10 million for Bayerin. 20 million for Lacazette. Uh, 10 million for Enketia. 3 million for Reese Nelson. 10 million pounds. Uh, for Ainsley Maitland-Niles, and then let's say 20 million. That totals up, and well done to Zane, because you worked that out quick, mate. Uh, that comes up to £120 million. Right, but the big caveat here, which I wanted to save right until the end of the show, and it's the biggest caveat of it all. There's no guarantee that you sell every single one of those players. There's no guarantee that an offer of, uh, you know, an offer that you feel is right will come in for each and every one of those players. It's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. You are not going to 100% this summer shift. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players. 
it's 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 very rare that a club will be able to do that will be able to manage that kind of exodus over one summer and so when people are sitting there working it out and i've worked it out with what i believe to be realistic valuations when i work it out and i come to 120 million pounds i'm very aware and you have to be very aware and you have to caveat it with the fact that you're not going to get sales gone through for every single one of those players between now and the end of the window. It is impossible. In fact, I sit here now and I guarantee you that we do not sell every single one of those players between now and the end of the window because it's not possible unless you start giving people away, unless you start terminating people's contracts like we did with some of the players uh, midway through last season. So, uh, you know, that's the important thing to note here. It's really easy to sit and work out a number and say, well, that automatically means that Arsenal are going to have 120 million pounds to spend in the transfer window, but it does not work like that. It really doesn't. And you need to be aware of that when making those kind of calculations. Let's say that we manage to move out half of those players. Then maybe you're looking at about 60 million pounds. And, and that's probably a more realistic amount uh, for which Arsenal can hope to receive uh, between now and the end of the summer transfer window in, of course, transfer fees. Right. Um, I know I've noticed there's a couple of you asking about some other players in there as well. You know, some of you have asked about Kalasinac. I haven't included Ser Kalasinac because I don't think he's worth anything. I think that Ser Kalasinac is probably going to have his contract terminated, just like Mesut Ozil did, just like Shkodran Mustafi did. He's got a year left, Ser Kalasinac, and he's clearly not part of Arteta's plan, and he's clearly uh, not wanting to be at the club either. So I didn't include him for that reason. Some of you have talked about Mohamed Elneny. I just don't see how you can sell Mateo Genduzi, Granit Xhaka, Lucas Torreira and Mohamed Elneny without doing serious business to strengthen that midfield position. So that that's those are my valuations. That's my total. Um, I'll work that out for you here. Uh, so it's £120 million. But I caveat that with we are not going to be able <laughs> to sell all of them. And that's the key here. We're not going to sell every single one of those players in this transfer window. So let's be a little bit realistic about that. Right. We're going to uh, leave it there because that was the purpose of this show. I want to hear from you guys in the chat box uh, or in the live comments. Sorry, if you're watching this later on uh, on replay, I want to know how much you think Arsenal can raise for the players that I've got listed there on the screen. For those of you listening on the audio I've gone Gwenduzi, Xhaka, Torreira, Bayerin, Lacazette, Eddie Nketiah, Reese Nelson, Ainsley Maitland-Niles and Joe Willock. So let me know what you think uh, Arsenal could stand to raise from those players. What you think is a realistic amount for Arsenal to be aiming for in terms of recuperating funds for those aforementioned players. And then from then, Arsenal can start to plan their window. But of course, all of it, all of it, is contingent on Arsenal being able to sell those players, is contingent on players on other clubs, sorry, coming in for those players and is contingent on Arsenal getting the valuations that they feel are realistic. Um, some of you talking about Mavropanos as well. Maybe we can throw him into the mix uh, too, but I wouldn't imagine that he'd go for more than than five to six million pounds, in, in which case it's not a, a particularly significant one. I've tried to uh, pick on the ones that I feel like people are are really talking about that have the rumours of their departures have really gathered momentum. 
And those are the players I came up with off the top of my head. Yes, we probably could have thrown Kalasinac in. We probably could have thrown Mavropanos, maybe Willian in as well. But um, those are the main ones for me. And that's what we can realistically be looking to raise if, in an ideal, like in an ideal world, we were able to sell them all. But that's very, very unlikely. So fingers crossed we get a cash injection from KSE because we're bloody going to need it uh, this summer, particularly with some of the windows that some fans seem to think we're going to have. So fingers crossed we can sell as many of these as we can, get the maximum that we can and look to move forward in the summer. But it's going to be a difficult window and Arsenal are reliant upon sales just as they were uh, last summer, which often means that you will end up seeing Arsenal doing business very late in the transfer window rather than getting it done early doors and out of the way. Right, I'm going to leave it there. I'll catch you all tomorrow with some more Arsenal content. Until then, take care of yourselves and stay safe. All the best. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.